Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. What's up, golf addicts? It is David. I am back. Pat week is over. Thank you all for hanging in there. I know it was tough. Big shout out to our boy Pat Mayo for filling in last week. This is the memorial at Jack's Place. Pat and I are going to preview this stacked field, this soft pricing week. Tell you who we like, who we don't, what stats to check out. A couple of changes we're making to the show. We're going to recap some of the big storylines from this week, including the big cat and his prescription drug issues. And we're also going to let you guys in on a, a, a phenomenon that we have been holding in our hearts, near and dear to our hearts, for the last probably six to eight weeks. Just just thinking of when the right time to release this was going to be, and tonight is the night you will hear all about it, and it will be all over Twitter and Instagram and Facebook by the time you probably listen to this. So help us spread the word. Use it as your own and enjoy. Also, like always, we forgot our one-and-done picks again at the end of the show, and so I did remember to throw them in this intro. Mine is going to be Patrick Reed this week. And Pat's is going to be John Rom. So stick around and you guys can find out why we're big on those boys. And uh, enjoy the rest of the show. May your screens be green. What's going on, Golf Addicts? David is back at you. The Tour Junkies podcast reunited. Me and Pat Perry. Pat week is over. Big shout out to our boy Pat Mayo for filling in last week. I really enjoyed listening to him. Hope you guys enjoyed that. And we got to know Pat Mayo a little bit better as well. Pat, first of all, I want to thank you for freeing me up to go on the 10-year anniversary trip without any worries of tour junkies. And I just I trusted you. I felt like it was all in good hands. I knew that our Twitter account would take a, a minor hit, which it did. Um, but, you know, for the most part, other than having to edit the podcast Monday night when I got back, you did a good job, man. And, and I think you and Pat had a great show. Um, how was it for you? Napa a Napa guy knows more isn't always better, unless we're talking about full-size vans. These beasts do more than get you from A to B. They have so much space, a man can live in it. With shag carpeting, waterbed, and a sweet lava lamp, these mobile abodes have all the comforts of home. With quality parts and plenty of Napa know-how, you can keep the original tiny house running longer, stronger. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Well, um... I think that I, I texted you on on Monday night that uh, I appreciated everything you did or everything you do during the Aww. week, and uh, and I gained more of an appreciation during Pat Week. But it was fun. It was kind of it was kind of nice having a little break from you, to be honest. Yeah, it's yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It's a good change of pace. You know, change of pace every now and then is good. Absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? That, 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 yeah, exactly. I don't That's know exactly if the it. Twitter account took that much of a hit. I mean, maybe we didn't gain a lot of followers nah. or anything, but I mean, well, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. But you know, I mean, it was uh, Pat. I, I gotta say again, thanks, thanks to Pat Mayo. That was again, <laughs> that was pretty. Let's just stop that. You know, we're 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 gonna get past it. And okay, yeah. But yeah, thanks to Pat. That was great. Um, you know, I, it was funny you mentioned. And I appreciate you telling me thank you for that. I was looking at the Twitter messages between you and Mayo leading up to the recording <laughs> Monday night. And it was quite funny because... I'd forgotten about that. Because Pat would... Or May, I'll, I'll refer to him as Mayo so we don't get confused. Mayo would say, well, what about blah, 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 blah. And you would say, uh, yeah, don't worry uh, about that. David usually handles that. And then Mayo would say, oh, okay, 
well, what about da 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 da? And then you'd say, um, well, David actually kind of handles that too. And then he'd say, okay, well, what about da da da? And you'd say, well, that's usually David's department. <laughs> it's like what? a whole. Wait. This is like a whole three. There are like three things Mayo asked you about, and you're this, like, "Oh, that's that's me." This is such an embellishment. I mean, I, I, I could go <laughs> back not. to the message, but I'm not. I'm not going to go back to it because it just take me too long. But just, just, just way over embellished. But whatever. Well, anyway, it was a good time. Yeah, it was. Also, this past week, Dean and Deluca, our boy Pod Bro, the Kiss, taking down the victory. I'm so pumped Kiz won. Like, it was coming down to the last few holes, and I was like, man, this is where, again, if Kiz doesn't close the door, because he's had chances to close the door here lately, if he doesn't close the door, this is not good for him. Not good. And then we had that awkward lie on, on 18 and a hook lie, and I just did not feel great about it. And and to, to nail that five-footer, Rom to miss the putt to force the playoff. Webb was in jail off the tee, just a snap hook off the tee. It was fun to watch Kiz take one down. I'm so glad he finally finally won another one. Um, he's been long overdue. And props to you because I, I listened on the show, and I think at some point you told Mayo that you had been texting with Kiz, and Kiz said how much he really, really, really liked Colonial. And I'm pretty sure you even – took that and placed a, a, a wager. I did. I did, actually. I, I placed, uh, he was at 25 to 1. So I put a small wager on it, and it paid out, and I was uh, pretty excited about it. Also, if you were in the Shot in the Arm chat room on Wednesday night on Roto-Grinders in the Daily Marketplace, I specifically, I was not asked about Kiz, but I specifically put in there uh, the same thing that I mentioned on the show that I had messaged uh, with him, and he was very excited about this week. He feels like, you know, he felt like his game was was definitely there, and he loved the course, and so he was uh, obviously right. He played very well. It's a perfect setup for him. I mean, it really is. Um, so I was just very excited to see him win. I was like you. I was a little worried about how he was going to handle this if he did not win because I know how competitive he is and he was yeah. again a little bit shaky down the stretch as he's been you know he you look at the Arnold Palmer same thing he was he was shaky in that final round but he got it done so I was I was quite proud of him sent him a little message on Sunday night and uh he just all I could talk about how was how pure that course was so it was a good week yeah well, and that was something. I mean, he finished 56th at the players and then missed the cut the week before. So to to be that bought into Kiz, um, you know, not showing the greatest form is awesome. Uh, it was really nice. So good to see. Good to see. So well done. Uh, well done. Uh, also, you know, we got to mention Wentworth. I mean, Wentworth, uh, the BMW, a huge event over there on the European Tour. Our buddy Ash Morrison just did a fantastic job covering that event both before with a tremendous write-up and some solid picks too um i I don't i don't know that anybody won any gpps but i think a lot of people probably you know made money on ash's picks last week but um you know just did a great job covering the event walking around uh taking pictures and and he was even out there today at the uh at the monday qualifier for the u.s open over there in england i'm not sure the course but i know he was out there hamming it up with a lot of those boys so props to ash morrison hopefully making a little name for himself over there in the uk as a as not just a a tour professional hopeful but also a you know a, a media guy which would be pretty cool you know he's doing a good thing over there yeah, he is. He's doing. He's doing. Man, great. y'all, Ash is a really good player. If y'all, for real, I keep we keep telling him he needs to post more pictures and like videos of his swing and stuff. But this guy is really good. Like he's he's grinding it out on many tours and like trying to get some some play under his belt and all that stuff. But the dude can play, so he knows what he's looking at when he tells you that somebody's striping it well. I mean, to us, everybody out there looks like they're striping it well. So, well, did, Ash, did, Ash may actually know the difference. Did you get to play with Ash at the Ryder Cup, or was that? I did. Well, I, I didn't get to play in his group. He, he Like, it was eight of us in the group, and I played in the other foursome. So, I, I didn't you. really get to see. I mean, I did see him a couple times, like, from the tee, just striping it. But I didn't really get, like, the full the full picture. But he's good. Yeah. He's really good. Um, Hey... 
breaking news today that I think we need to cover, and that is the Tiger Woods arrest. Do we have last to? night? Do we have to cover it? Yeah, I mean, I think you do. It's Tiger Woods. We're a golf podcast. You have to. There's without a doubt. Now it just came out, literally right before we started recording, that. It was not alcohol related. At least Tiger says it is not alcohol related. It's prescription drug. It was a prescription drug cocktail that just didn't go right. And he apologized profusely. I thought his statement was good. You know, here's what I was going to say before we found out it wasn't alcohol. But let's just say it was, even if it was. To me, and, and I'm not much of a Tiger apologist. I've never been a huge fan of him personally. But... There's like there are like fifty percent of the PGA Tour, maybe more, that could easily be arrested on DUI like tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's not that far fetched. Now the stupid thing is like you have billions of dollars. There is no reason that you should ever have to get behind the wheel. There's there's not a reason for anybody, but especially for someone that has every resource available to them. To, to either get a driver or to just, I mean, you could helicopter from like the corner Walgreens to your freaking house, like <laughs> half a mile away. If you're Tiger Woods, so you literally could, you could helicopter and someone would come pick you up. So there's really not an excuse there. But, um, and, and then when it comes out that it's prescription drugs after the guy just got off of surgery, just got done with this, all this back stuff. Listen, I have, I've never wrestled with prescription drug addiction, but I have told my wife on a few occasions, like, Percocet, and I don't know if that's what he had, but Percocet makes your boy feel 10 feet tall and bulletproof. Like, I get it. I understand how people could get hooked on that thing, especially if you have chronic or you deal with chronic pain. So for me, like, I'm not really throwing a lot of stones at Tiger. Now, I do wonder why he was out at 3 a.m. or what that story is yet to be determined. Like, what are you doing at 3 a.m. riding around? Um, so that's yet to be determined. And, and again, it's serious. It's not that it's not serious. I understand, you know, you're endangering the lives of those around you. So that, that it's not, it's, I'm not saying it's excusable. I'm just saying I'm not like freaking out over it. That's kind of my initial take for what we know right now. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. And I think, like you say, I mean, this could, could have easily happened to anybody on tour. And yeah, I've gotten a conversation with, some friends of mine today just on when actually when I first learned of it um, was from a buddy and he texted out just uh, you know asking about it and then we got into this conversation about the all-time greats and their baggage and it was like you know when you started thinking about it you look at guys like well obviously Tiger here Jordan Michael Jordan has some baggage you know again he wasn't in that Twitter world that 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 no yeah that tight and that's a big thing too is the Twitter factor you, know, you look at these guys, and like Joe Namath, great football player, you know, drunk on the sidelines. You know, it, it seems like just all these greats have these, you know, something in there because because it started out with he can't be an all time great because his you know of all his transgressions lately. But I, I just I don't I don't buy that. I think he's you know still he is what he is, and uh, but Tiger, I don't know. He's just. He's got to get his act together, but I'm with you. I don't think, you know, this isn't, I'm just not going to throw stones at him. I think it could, could happen to anybody. And, and who knows? I mean, it came out with a, that it was prescription drugs. And so, I mean, that could make you make bad decisions. I mean, everybody's going to throw, yeah. it makes, you know, the easy comment is, oh, well, you can get Uber. Oh, well, you can get Lyft or whatever. You could have a driver. But I mean, if, if, if he's That's right, true. you know, yeah. if he's saying if what he's saying is the truth, I mean, who's to say, why is he going to make a good decision anyway? So, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Your judgment's impaired, I guess. So, um, and now on a lighter side, the mugshot has been getting a lot of attention. <laughs> Yes, but listen again. I'm not shocked there either. Like we've seen Tiger, ta- he 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 doesn't. He all he looks is a little more sleepy than he did the last time we saw him take his hat off on 18 and shake somebody's hand. The hairline is 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 fleeting. You know the it, it's not a good look. Like he's not a handsome devil anymore. You know, and so to me it didn't look any different except he just had some puffy eyes because it was. 3 a.m. and he let was, me tell you something. Was, I can appreciate the sleepy look. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so 
So yes, I, I you have, can, Sleepy Pat. Yeah, I got no problems with the sleepy look. I mean, that's just going to happen at 3 a.m. I mean, yeah. yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, shout out to our boy Wedge and uh, and Jared. Also, I got to meet those guys at Top Golf in Chicago this past week. Um, that was pretty fun. Wedge does the, the the podcast that you fell asleep on with Roger Casey, and then Jared, just a listener. So, hey, listen, if we are if if we are going to be in a place that's not our hometown. And we tweet out like, "Hey, we're gonna be here. Is anybody around?" We want you guys to come hang out. Like, we want to come hang out. So I know Jared. Jared was like, "Man, I was a little, I was a little cautious because I didn't want. I didn't know if you guys like wanted us to come hang or if you were just feeling it out or I didn't want to be a weirdo." And I was like, "No way, man! Like, we if we say that, we want you to. Like, if we don't, if we don't say anything about it, then we don't want you to." But yeah, I, I had an op- I had a free night in Chicago, and I was like anybody out there, and and so I'm I'm grateful that Jared came and hung out. It was cool to hang out with him. He's a good dude, and then he was rocking our our t shirt at the uh, at the NCAA golf uh, you know championships there this past week, and that was cool. And then Wedge lives right there, so that was cool. We had a good time with those boys. There's some good periscope action, including the Hideki drill, which is taking the world by storm. Yeah, right that now. was great. That if was... you guys haven't seen the Hideki drill, you need to check that out. Um, so that was a lot of fun too. I didn't need to mention that but there's a couple other little things we need to talk about um before we get moving on number one is um there was some you know some news and some stuff we had to cover tonight but we want to we want to tell you guys we're going to make some efforts to shorten the podcast right pat yes we are we've actually been thinking about this for a long time it's just hard to do and we want to make the content entertaining and you know all that stuff so a couple things that we've done number one we are eliminating the tweet of the week i know it's great but you know, it's not it's not adding a whole lot of value. And if you guys follow us on Twitter, you'll see everything that we talk about on Twitter of the week. We retweet or we like or whatever. Um, so we're going to eliminate that, and and we're also going to trim down the weather wise portion, which is kind of sad because the weather wise is kind of Pat's thing, and it feels like you know it feels like we're kind of abandoning that. But if we're all honest, it's it's not really pertinent information on Monday night, right? It's the weather. So it changes at the drop of a hat. Even if every Monday night it was like predicting a hurricane, it still <laughs> would be something we would tell you to go look on Wednesday night and basically forget everything we say Monday night and just look at what Wednesday night says. So we're going to shorten up weather-wise a bit and just see, you know, shed a few minutes off the show is what we're going to try to do. And then we have another strategy that we hope to implement later that will also take another chunk and make this thing an hour to, to under an hour. That's kind of the goal. So. For those of you who have been clamoring for that, you are welcome. We hear your cries, and we thank you for your feedback. We're going we're gonna to work on that. Um, anything else to add with that, Pat? No, I mean, I'm a little sad to see weather-wise yeah. Yeah. go, but hey, it, it, you're right. I mean, we'll still have a weather-wise segment. It'll just be on Wednesdays, maybe, you know, through through a tweet yeah. or through the website. So. Tweet, yeah, shot in the arm, chat room, whatever. Um, but we do have something. Listen, uh, I have we have one. I have one more announcement that I have to get to before we get to key stats, course breakdown, all that stuff. There is something that we have been mulling around for 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 months now, rele- <laughs> releasing to the public. Okay. Wait, wait. <laughs> we have been mulling, or or yes. I have been mulling. Okay, you have been mulling. Yes. Okay, there's something that I have wanted to release to the public for probably two months now, but it has taken me that long to get Pat to come around on the true value of what it is we're releasing. And he's he's finally realized it. And it starts now. Now, you guys might see this or think of this and think, you guys are total idiots. This is stupid. I hope that's not the case. And And here's the thing. It obviously takes a certain sense of humor to see the humor in what we're going to release, but it's one of the funniest things that I see on a daily basis, and I, I show it to myself on a daily basis, and I still think it's funny every day. And we want to share it with you guys, and we want you guys to help us like make it make it a new thing, like a you know, like the kids these days say, "Ooh, that's on fleek." You know what I mean? You ever, you ever heard that, Pat? You know what that means? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. But You've never heard that? No. Sounds good, though. <laughs> yeah, like if something's on fleek, like, yo, man, them shoes are on fleek. You know, that means like they're they're fire. They're, they're on point. They're good. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. So we've got, a, we've got a new word that we want to 
insert into the minds and vocabulary of all of those who care enough. Uh, and that word has an origin. And I want to explain to you the origin before we uh, before we release the tweet. Because uh, we're going to tweet about this, but the origin—it uh, was actually at our at our Ryder Cup trip. We were all, we were at the Ryder Cup in Minnesota this past fall, and it, this was late at night. It was like midnight, one a.m., and we were at a, we were at a person's house. So we were we were all done. We weren't driving. We were good. We were um, uh, some of us were overserved. <laughs> And and tired because we've been tired. We've been on the, sleepy. We were very tired. We were very sleepy. It was the night that the U.S. won. It was the last night of the Ryder Cup. We were flying out the next morning, and um, but we were at this very beautiful house, um, and it had a basketball court inside the house. Okay, and we're gonna release this video on Twitter, but I want to give you some context. Me and Pat 2.0 or Directv Pat, which is Pat's twin brother Chris, were playing basketball. Uh, late at night, and Pat was trying to pass out, but we were being yes. loud. Yeah, but we were being loud, and so Pat walks into the basketball court and is is surprised, and um, we we toss in the ball, <clears throat> we toss him the ball, <laughs> and we tell him to shoot it. And so Pat did dribbles you, a couple did you times. Mention, I, I kind of tuned out for a second there. Did you mention that this guy's house has an indoor basketball facility, yes, which no, is crazy? No, I said that. You freaking tuned out. Okay. I, 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 you haven't had me here for two weeks, and you're already tuning me out. All right, go ahead. I'm, I'm trying to paint the picture here. All right, go, go. So uh, Pat walks in. We give him the ball. He dribbles it, and he's so impaired, he looks into the camera you know, very cocky. He knows he's about to flush this. He looks into the camera, and his mind wants to say "boom." Okay, so he go. He wants to look in the camera and go "boom," and then turn around and shoot. Right, that's what he wants to do. His tongue and his his mouth are impaired, and so instead of saying "boom," he says "boom." And then shoots, and then airballs. <laughs> so, me and Pat have gotten a huge kick out of this for months. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, boom is incredible. The word boom is our new word, our new substitute for boom. Because boom is so overused and it overplayed. Is. And now boom can be the thing. And y'all, I've wanted to say boom on this podcast for weeks and I didn't want to say it until you guys understood what I was talking about. And now we've convinced Pat to let the world see the video. So I'm going to tweet the video first thing in the morning. And and it'll have the boom ready and ready for you to hear and just take it on and just retweet it, share it, whatever you want to do, and then use it. You can have it. It's yours. It's our free gift to the community. It's so great. It's such a great video. <laughs> okay, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Anything well, to add to that? Or you I got... don't know. I don't know what to add. I mean, I, I'm a little nervous. As you know, we have contemplated this for a long time now. And there's some inner circles that know about Boom already, and they love it, and they they want yeah. it, they want it to be released to the world. But I've been I've been relatively reluctant. But <laughs> ever uh, since ever since I first po- pointed it out to the few in the inner circle. To say this should be posted, it, it was a unanimous consensus vote of yes. But we have respected Pat's wishes up until now when he's he's come around, and we have not shared it with with everyone else. But we use it within within our our own conversation all the time. So. Well, and, and now that we've mentioned it on the show, we just can't go back. <laughs> no, it's over. It's a, it's done. So so get let's ready. Go. Let's let's. I'm I'm excited Boom. for the premiere of Boom. Oh, God, I'm so pumped right now. <laughs> okay. All right, course breakdown. Give us course breakdown. All right, so this week, it's a good week. We're at the Memorial this week at Muirfield Village Golf Club, affectionately known as Jack's Place, which we'll hear a ton this week, in Dublin, Ohio. Yes, we will. Yeah, just outside of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a good classic design, 7,400 yards, par 72. It's a tra- traditional par 72, so you got four par threes, four par fives. Bent grass greens, extremely wide fairways. You know, these are easy fairways to hit. So I, I think you'll see. But you've seen a lot of different types of players win here. I mean, you look at the last uh, five or six winners. You had McGirt in 2016, Lingmurth in 2015, and then Hideki 
in 14. Our boy Cooch in 2013. Uh, Tiger in 2012. And then in 2011, you had Steve Stricker, who played fantastic, by the way, on Sunday this past week. Um, so, I, yeah, I think this is, I love this tournament. You got a good field here. We're two weeks out from the U.S. Open. A lot of these guys will be playing in. Um, qualifiers uh the next day uh after this tournament ends uh so you know as far as stats i'm looking at this week i think you know strokes gained approach is going to be important because fairways again you know i will look at driving distance because i I think it is going to play well into the guys that can just bomb it off the tee but strokes gained approach proximity you got to hit it close here uh and also um of course, course history. I think this is another, you know, similar to the Masters. This is one of those where I'm really going to weight course history uh, higher than I might other weeks. So that's uh, your quick course breakdown. I know we're trying to shorten it a little bit, so I'll let you add your quick initial thoughts. Yes, and here's where we say for weather-wise information, follow up on Wednesday evening, either through Twitter, the Shot in the Arm chat room, etc. Right. Okay, so that's what I'm going to say now. Well, no, I mean, I'm just—you don't have to say that. I'm just saying that's that's this is this is where we're going to start working that in instead okay. of talking about. It. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, no problem. Excellent course breakdown. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a couple of extra little things big for me. I mean, you, you mentioned the greens; uh, they are freak, freaky fast. They're like Augusta National fast, thirteen and a half on the stump. Um, so very quick. So for me, yes, strokes gained approach is also a pretty heavily weighted stat um, because hitting into these fast greens, holding the greens, you know, knowing, uh, you know, knowing where you're going to have to land the ball to get it to stay on the green or funnel to the flag or whatever it is you're trying to do is important uh, with those type of green sweeps, just like it is at Augusta, hitting onto the tiers, um, as well as strokes gained around the green and scrambling. I think that's very, very important at Muirfield. Um, so those are probably the 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 two or three stats I'm I'm really weighting the heaviest is that I'm also looking at uh, a three putt avoidance I'm I'm liking that stat for this week that's one of the putting stats I don't usually do a lot of putting stats but when I do a putting stat I like the three putt avoidance to me it's just kind of it's really tough to like pick a putting stat based on distance you know like a five to eight foot guy or a five to ten foot or a ten to fifteen foot i think that's just tough I, th- I think there's a lot of noise in those statistics it's tough to get a hold on um and it could lead you the right way and it could totally lead you the wrong way three putt avoidance i'm just like well if i got guys that just don't three putt whether the distance is because they you know they had a 15 footer that they ran six feet by and they didn't miss the putt or they had a 40 footer that they successfully two putted you know i, I don't know i just kind of like that stat so that's something i'm looking at this week as I do feel like the putting is going to be a little more important at Mirfield than it has been in the last few events so uh you're right the wide fairways like 30 yards wide is, is on average the fairway so I think that's important uh the rough is pretty thick though so if they get in the rough the rough's almost four inches so it is it is kind of gnarly so you don't want to do that but um agree definitely had a mixed bag of winners so let's uh let's get right into our selections for the week Pat oh first of all you know we should mention that FanDuel has has changed up some stuff which is good good and bad good in that it's not the weird you know rounds one and two rounds three and four thing they've basically just now you pick eight golfers and that's it it's it's basically DraftKings plus two golfers now the scoring is still slightly different is how your players make points or lose points but they didn't make any changes to that um they only made changes to the rounds one and two. So you're still picking eight golfers. It's not like fantasy draft where they eliminate the worst one. You just have eight golfers. So obviously a tremendous edge gained if you pick eight guys that make the cut. I mean, that's that's tremendous. It's just maddening to me. It, it, it It's going to be – it's still going to be interesting to see what happens. Like, I just don't know – it's got to be tough, and I guess FanDuel and DraftKings, now that they're one deal, like I guess it doesn't matter, but it's got to be tough to really break through the routine that DraftKings Golf has everybody in, you know, like to, to get a different format in there. It's got to be tough. So, I mean, what would you say if like FanDuel just made it the exact same game as DraftKings? What would you do? If it was the exact same game, exact same system, scoring, everything was the same, it was just come do it at our site. I don't, I don't think that would... 
I mean, you got your FanDuel players and you got your DraftKings players, and you know the the baseball and the and the football products are, are relatively similar for the most part. So, I mean, I don't see why they can't be that similar. I mean, why do you have to be different? Yeah, I don't understand that part either. I mean, I guess, and and in that scenario, if everybody was the same, it would come down to rake, and it would come down to contest size, and that's what it would come down to. So, I mean, that's the thing I like with fantasy draft. At least I know they're trying to be a little bit different with the drop in, you know, with the six to seven score, which I like. I think that's a that's a good little change. But I mean, Fandle, I don't know. Yeah. It's like they're trying too hard, but. Whatever. Well, at least they were flexible enough. I mean, they just launched the product like two weeks before the Masters. So props to them for being flexible enough to change it that quickly based on a lot of feedback that's been negative, you know, yeah. um, and people not, not liking it. And I guess the, the biggest feedback is people not spending money on it. So if people aren't buying into the contest, they're going to change it. So anyway, that's just some something to note. Uh, but all right, let's let's get into DraftKings here. You've got uh, a great field this week for sure. Super strong field. You've got DJ at twelve, Rom at eleven one, Spieth at eleven, uh, Jason Day at ten three, and Hideki at ten thousand. Those are the top five. What's the play for you, bud? I am uh, all John Rom this week. I love him. At, I think eleven one is is fine. I'm I'm okay. He's going to be in this over ten k range probably for the foreseeable future. I mean, the guy's just a, a fantastic talent. This course should set up really well for him. Uh, checks the box on strokes gained approach, proximity, and strokes gained off the tee. So I think, you know, Rom is going to be my number one go-to guy above the 10K range. Also really like Jason Day. You know, even coming off of that playoff loss to Horschel at 10-3, I still think that's a really good price for him. Uh, he also is, uh, you know, checks the box on proximity. So those are going to be the two guys that I really zero in here uh, in this in this over t- t- 10K range. I mean, you can't argue with DJ. Spieth obviously played great last week. I faded Spieth for the most part uh, in a lot of lineups last week, and he proved me wrong. Uh, but he was coming off a couple missed cuts. So I, I still think this is a course, though, that he could play well on. He obviously play, plays well on pit grass green. So... I can't I can't hate you for for taking Jordan, but but Rom and Day are going to be my two guys this week in that in that over ten k range. Well, I don't think there's anybody in this top five that I would completely fade. I don't have a problem with with all with any of them really. I, I'm with you on Rom. I got a feeling that we're both looking at the same thing. We got a a message from John Rom's caddy. Yes couple days ago and he just basically said i know every course seems to be a good fit for john lately but but next week at jack's place money like he really likes his boy at jack's place so uh not not really a shocker there but obviously you know caddy feels good about it john rom's playing so well right now i mean that course at colonial was not meant for him i mean look at uh, you know he loved it though. I mean, the you look at all the Rom, comments he had. He loved it. Oh, I know. The fact that Rom and Kiz would have been in a playoff together, like those could not have been two different players. Totally. Yeah. Definitely. Rom's game is is going to reach a lot of places, that's for sure. Especially the the more mature he gets, the more he's out there on tour. It's it's crazy. So, I love Rom. I do think he's going to be super popular. Um but it is what it is. I think my favorites, I'm with you on day. He does check the box in proximity. also checks the box in proximity to the golf course. hey <laughs> As he is a Ohio boy. Wow. Uh, lives, lives in Ohio. I can't believe he just went there with that one. I, I he like does. it. I, it did, he does. It made me chuckle a little bit. Yes. Um, so don't mind day. He's, he's checking a lot of boxes, too, especially right now around the green. He's putting better. His chipping is, is back to what it was you know, last year when he was peaking. So don't mind the little Jason Day. Uh, and then my favorites, uh, well, I love Hideki here, too. I mean, I, I really like Hideki. He's, you know, three times here, made the cut twice um, with a win and I think a top 15 or something. Um, so Hideki's, uh, uh, I'll have a good, I'll probably be pretty overweight in Hideki with Hideki ownership. So, yeah, you know, so I think what we're saying is our favorite plays are probably Rom and Day. And then my next one would be Hideki. And I might have more Hideki than Day. Just because I do think Day's going to be popular. He's like Matsuyama's probably going to be lower owned than Day, don't you think? 
Yeah, I think you're probably right. The Ohio connection, like Day flashing some form a couple weeks ago. Well, and Hideki, um, we just Byron he's, Nelson. Hideki's just kind of sort of that you know hasn't been. We haven't seen him lately either, so I think there's a little bit of that. Oh, we saw him at the players, but yeah, only. But yeah, yeah, but I mean, Day we just saw coming off of a playoff loss, so. So I might just have a lot of yeah. So for the most part, it's going to be Rom and Hideki, but I will have a sprinkle a day. All right, so we we did that. Nine um, K range. You've got oh, Adam Scott, Brooks Kepka, Matt Kuchar, Patrick Reed. Any of these guys? I think this is going to be somewhat of a dead range, actually. Um, what do you, I what agree. Do you think? I, I think you're right. I mean, the pricing again this week. We'll, oh, we'll, yeah, we can get into that when we probably when we get into the seven K range, but the six K range. I mean, well, yeah, even yeah. There's so basically some, the pricing is is again, and it is a strong field, but there are a lot of good names in the seven and six K. There are, there are. I really do like Adam Scott though at ninety eight hundred. I, I think you know if you're if you're wanting to try and fade those top guys over ten K, I, I would definitely look at starting a lineup with Adam Scott. Uh, you know, he's played well here in the past. Um, he's got, I uh, believe, I want to say like, let's see, one, two, three top five finishes, including also top 15. Um, so I think this is a course that he obviously has played well in the past. Uh, checks the box on stroke skin approach and proximity as well. So I like Adam Scott at 9,800. I think he will find his way into some lineups. And I probably, other than that, there's not really anything that, I don't know. Kepka to me is interesting. I, I feel like, yeah, you know, he kind of started popping up a little bit on some of the stats that I was looking at, just with the strokes gain stats, approach, off the tee, that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know. And I'm wondering where his ownership's going to be. So he might be somebody that I look at later in the week and see just just where he's, he's falling. Because he, this is a course that he should be able to, to you know, play well on and, and possibly even win. So there you go. That's my yeah, hot take. Yeah, I um, I think for ownership purposes in this nine K range, and like I said, I do think it's going to be a dead range anyway. So I I think I'm going to fade Brooks. I'm with Kucher. I thought about taking Kucher, but great course he's got, history. He's here. got a good course history here, but I. I I just don't know about the the price and the scoring aspect of it. Like just making enough birdies for it to be worthwhile. I think that's where I think that's where I get hung up with Kucher. It's just the scoring. So I might fade him. And if I'm gonna take somebody in the nine K range, I think it's actually gonna be Patrick Reed. Reed's played here twice. Um, hasn't missed a cut. Got a top ten. He's definitely flashing a lot better form here lately. A 12th at the Wells Fargo, 22nd at the Players, and a 20th at the Byron Nelson. Um, I think Reed could kind of be a sneaky, you know, a sneaky GPP play in the 9K range, in a dead range, and probably the least popular guy in this in this 9K range. I mean, I bet he's the lowest owned out of Scott Brooks and Kucher. I, I think well, I definitely um, I agree with that for sure, and in good form. And, and again, I, I think the I mentioned that the the around the green scrambling putting being important. You know, if Reed gets into that Patrick Reed scrambling putting form, watch out. Like, and that might be why he's clicking now. So maybe we'll maybe we'll try to get a little maybe we'll try to get a little feel from from Coach Josh Gregory on how Reed's feeling by Wednesday night and. Talk about it in the in the, in the chat room. Yeah, I, I think Reed's going to be a good play. Yeah, I, I can. So that's I can the only that. guy. Yeah, that's the only guy I have exposure to. In the eight K range, you've got Fowler, Duffner, McGirt, Grillo, Harmon, Schneiderjans, Cauley. Any of those guys? I think this is going to be another dead range, just because there's going to be so many people in the seven six K. Yeah, I'm I mean, obviously Fowler is going to be popular. He is, but he's missed three straight cuts here. So eighty nine hundred. That's a good price. That for is a Fowler. good price for him, though. Uh, it's it's going to be hard to avoid him there. I, I really, I, I'm zeroing. I, I like Grio. I think at eighty five hundred. I, I think he's uh, he typically does put well on bent grass greens. He's been playing pretty well lately. So he's he's probably the probably the one guy that I'm I'm going to be centering in on. I don't like. I just can't take Duffner. Duffner pissed me off by the way last week. 
Duffner pissed a lot of people off last yeah. week. <laughs> and I know we shouldn't have we we shouldn't have these short memories when it comes to DFS, but I, I'm just I can't I can't play him for a few weeks. I, I'm just going to divorce myself from him. And then, uh, but you know, you look at you know Gria. I mean, he was T11 last year uh, in his first start. So obviously, you know, whenever I see a guy and play well his first time at a tournament like this in such a good field. That that kind of sticks out to me a little bit. So I, he's probably he's going to be my my main guy here, uh, and then I may play a little bit of Fowler just because the price is just a little bit ridiculous at eighty nine hundred. So there you go. I'm going to put you on the spot for in the seven K range because you keep asking me first. For is this because you're like you're back, like you're just trying to like get back into the groove? Of yeah, this or yeah. Whatever? Man, you like, got to like, let me. Yeah, you got to let me dip my toes in the water here. Okay, all right. Um. I was just well, I will say in the AK range, Fowler is tough to avoid at 8,900. I think in cash, it's a lock. Uh, I don't care if he's missed the cuts. It's a lock for me in cash. I don't think I'll have a whole lot of GPP exposure to him. Um, I'm actually going to kind of take a stand in this range and fade everyone except for one guy. This guy checks the box and strokes gained approach. Um, and scoring in the last, uh, I'm using this new fancy tool we have here. This in the last 24 rounds, he's top 15 in this field in strokes gained approach and scoring. And that's Ollie Schneider Jans at 8,300. Ollie kind of coming back a little bit into form here um, after missing some cuts in 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 March. But uh, I, I kind of like Ollie at 8,300. I think that's a, I think he's another low owned play in that tier. You got McGirt, who's last year's winner. Uh, Harmon and, and Collie, who everybody's kind of liked here lately. So I don't mind a little Ollie Schneider Jans in that range. Um, by the way, like Mirfield does seem to be one of those places where a lot of different guys can win. And I looked at McGirt and Lingmurth, who are your last two winners. Neither one of those guys even had a top 25 uh, b- before they won. They, they never had a top 25 at Mirfield before they won. So it does seem like. It's, it could be open to a lot of different guys. Agree. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. No, no, you're not going to have any Bud Collie? Uh, no, probably not. I don't think so. I faded him last week at that price, and I, I thought it was probably a pretty good play. I mean, yeah, he, he yeah, didn't. I didn't play him either. Yeah, and he he started out terrible. He actually had a great second round, but 41st at 9,500 or whatever they had him at. Yeah. Anyway, no collie for me this week. No collie. All right, in the 7K range, good Lord. I mean, this, this is, is where... <laughs> this is ridiculous. It is. It's it's nuts. Um, I mean, just in the top half of the 7K range, Finau, who's played here twice with, with a top 10, made the cut both times, obviously loves the golf course. 7900 bucks. He's going to be super chalky. T29 at the Dean and DeLuca. Patrick Cantlay, I thought it's a good value at 7800 That's about the price we should be seeing him at. Um, also in incredible form. I think Kevin Chappell's a little sneaky. I, I could see him maybe getting lost in this bunch, but I think Chappell fit, has the game to fit here. Strokes game to approach guy. Uh, if the putter gets, you know, if the putter's okay, I like him. You know, everybody has, everybody has, has disagreed with me when it comes to playing Phil these last couple weeks, but and he hasn't had tremendous finishes, but he scores. He continues to score, and I, and I think the value at seventy seven hundred for a guy like Phil Mickelson, you cannot ignore that. Like, if I can have a cash lineup with Fowler and Phil in it, I like that. Like, those are two guys who could win, score a bunch of points. I love it. Uh, Kiz at seventy six hundred is also ridiculous. That one jumps out to me. Um, Justin Thomas at 7,600 is also crazy. So those are the guys. I mean, those are obvious. I feel like they're all pretty chalky. Maybe Kevin Chappell goes a little under the radar in that group, but those are the ones that I, those are the ones I like. I'm with you on Chappell. I think he's a, he's probably going to be the forgotten man in this group and and a good GPP play. Uh, I don't know why Streelman is here at (laughs) 7,700. I mean, he's like 135 to 1 in odds, and Kiz is, I think, 35 to 1, 30 to 1. Mm. That, there's it's the DraftKings pricing. That's what yeah, they're doing. It's just crazy. I don't, I don't get that. But 
I think I, I I really like Finau though. I, I'm with you there. I mean, he's played here twice, two top fifteens. He's going to be hard to avoid, especially in cash. I like JP Holmes too, right there in that same price range. Um, you know, he checks the box on strokes gain off the tee. Obviously, he can bomb it. Uh, he's a good scorer. So at 7,900, I think he can be one of those that that might be a little bit of a sneaky GPP play because I don't. I think people may kind of forget about him a little bit. He hasn't, you know, played great lately, but he has made nine of 11 cuts this this year. Um, so this could be one of those. You, you talk about like you know guys like Lingmurth and McGirt who just sort of come out of you know not nowhere, but you know they 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 haven't played great or whatever, and they win this tournament. So I think JB could be one of those guys. And um, I guess when you're dipping down, you know, it's like you almost have to talk about this 7K range in two segments, the the 7,500 to 8K and then the, the 7,500 and below. And when you get so below, do, you get the question below, is, do you do Kyle Stanley or not? I think that's the first that's the first issue you run into. No, after I'm the miscut, I, what are you doing with Kyle Stanley? He's I, I'm just I can't I can't play him this week. Why? Uh, personal preference. Just because you're mad at him? It's like Duffner? Um, yeah. I can, hey, if I don't want to play a guy because I'm mad at him, I can do that. That's my no, right. I know, I know, I know. I, I'm just, I mean, Stanley still checks a ton of boxes. Strokes game approach. But... Yeah. I, I don't mean... know, it might, might be a decent bounce back for him, but, but if you want to fade him, I mean, I, I get it. He's just not going to be in my. I don't know. We'll, we'll see later in the week. Who knows? He really yeah. hasn't played that great here in the past either. So, um, dropping down though, I, I do. I like Ross Fisher at seventy one hundred. Hmm. What do you think about him? Nah. I mean, he checks the box on proximity. He has a funny. He has a funny shaped head. <laughs> so, all right. So I can't. All right, we're we're having a lot of bias today against players. So this guy has a funny <laughs> shaped head, so we can't take him. But a guy misses like a cut, and that's that's a that's a better reason to take him. Yes. yes. Look at Fisher though, man. I mean, you look at his last six no, start six starts. He has look at his head though. Four top tens. It's like a perfect rectangle, and he's got like a smile and on the DraftKings photo where he's like looks like he's farting at the same time he's smiling. That actually is true. I'm looking at it right now, but yeah, but you're right. His form is pretty solid, except and, and I think except when he came over here to the PGA Tour and he played on the at the players. Well, I, I can I can you know I hear you there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna play some Fisher 7100. I'll roll the dice with him. So that's it. That's all I got names in this range. I mean, okay. I mean. God, I am such a sucker for Gary Woodland, dude. I'm such a sucker. I think I I'm going to fade him. I, I didn't mention him, but I do oh, have him. He does have a decent history here. Three, uh, He's made three cuts out of the last five years uh, with a top ten. I don't know. I think I'm going to fade him, though, in all, in all honesty. I'm going to fade him. Um, and if I'm going to take a guy, if I'm going to take a guy who just missed the cut and burned some folks, I might take more Lucas Glover at seven thousand. Oh, I don't know. Just a little bit, not not much, but just a little bit. Um, and then one more guy in the seven K range that I kind of like, and his his recent finishes are not that great, but he checks some boxes for me, and that's Billy Hurley. Did mm-hmm. you see that? Did you see that when you were doing some research, Billy Hurley? I did. I popped Billy Hurley bit. popped up. I mean, he, he was. I think I talked about him last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago. I can't remember, but he's he's been solid, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not crazy about it because there's so much value in this 6K range. So I, I'm just those are a couple guys that will tempt me throughout the week, and I will probably put something on that. So. Um, all right, 6K range. I think just like the 7K range, you have to break it up. 6,500 and above or 6,500 and below. This is ridiculous. At 6,500 and above, right off the bat, uh, Mark Leishman, Steve Stricker, Byung Hun An. Love all those guys. Um, Stricker is, play, is trying to play his way into that U.S. Open. He's put in an application for a sponsor's exemption. 
it's in his home state of Wisconsin. He's got to move up in world ranking to get there. Uh, and man, just when you think Stricker is not a birdie, a birdie maker, he goes out and gets seven birdies on Sunday. Shoots a 63. I mean, he just lit it up. Or was it eight birdies? It might have been eight. Um, so I think I might have a little bit of him. He's hot and motivated. Hey, I mean, who doesn't like hot and motivated? <laughs> I can't argue, you know. Strickland. I know. He's, uh... I know you can't. Leishman, I like. It's 6,900. Um, you know, decent form. Byung-Hun Ann, 6,900. Love him. He's in great form here recently. Starting to get out of this, like, top 35, top 45 rut he's been in. Um, Peter Uline is interesting at 6,800 just from a pure scoring aspect. I don't know. I don't think boom. he's going to... Boom. You like I, him? I was, I was waiting for you to say Peter Uline. I mean, the guy, look at him. He's... 12 of 13 cuts made between the PGA and the Euro Tour this year. The two times he has played now, it was he, he finished fifth at a weaker event at the Puerto Rico Open. But then at the Shell Houston the, the following week, he was 23rd. I mean, for 6,800, you're getting a guy that's just been extremely solid. Two eagles and 15 birdies at, the, at Wentworth yeah. this past week. So this guy, that guy can play. So yeah, he, I, can. I, he is He is... Definitely going to find his way into several lineups this week for me. I, I love him. And at 6,800, that's ridiculous. Also, Graham Dillette, man, at 6,700. Oh, no. You knew that was coming, didn't you? No, see, I disagree there. That's I was just about to say, the 68. Or, so, Pat Perez at 6,800, I like. And then the 6,700 group is loaded. Absolutely loaded. That's why I think and one I of the reasons think you take- let, No, that's not no. Because the ownership game here, I'm not going to agree with you on this. The ownership game here is almost a moot point because it is going to be so spread out. You have Billy Horschel, who has a good history here, who just came off the win. You have Brendan Steele, who's a box checking fool at 6,700. He's very likely to make the cut. You have Keegan Bradley, who's checking boxes and has played well here at, at Mirfield before. You have Cabrera Bello, who's a worldwide name, another strokes gained approach guy, ball striker. You know, I think I would take all of those guys over Graham Dillette right now. First of all, Graham Dillette cannot win. He cannot win. He will not win. He's 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 not likely to top five it in this field. Um, he's in poor form, and with this many options, ownership will just be spread out. Those are my guys in the sixty-seven hundred range, but I like all of them. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Well, you didn't mention either Sean O'Hare or Ryan Moore, and, that, and that's because I like the other guys I mentioned better. Yeah, I think those two guys that are also you know in play for me i mean sean o'hare's you know you look at a second place and a fifth place finish his last two starts yeah i mean you just have to make a decision but i'm with you i mean it's this the 6k range is ridiculous it's tough it is tough I'm, I'm with it you. is ridiculous and you look i mean even shane lowry 6600 i think he's going to be yeah. someone that a lot of people are going to look at was six last week at the bmw I mean, we're going to name a lot of players this podcast. We'll probably have people tweeting us, yeah, you named 40 players. But when DraftKings does this to the pricing, I mean, you can't avoid guys that are normally priced in the 8K range that are now in the 6K range. You can't ignore that. Even if there's a lot of them, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you to waste your time with, you know, Vaughn Taylor and Curtis Luck and... Jamie Lovemark and Honorbon Lahiri and like I'm just not going to tell you to do that. There's so many other good names in here. You know, we'll have to see how the week plays out as far as who's getting talked up the most, but there's going to have to be some decisions made here. That's for sure. And even been this, I mean, in the sub sixty five hundred dollar range. Let's talk about just poor Bubba Watson though. Bubba, what a fall from grace. Sixty six hundred. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Um, your boy Kevin Tway, you know, 6,500. Nobody's, I mean, there's a lot of guys that don't know the hot streak that Kevin Tway is on right now. He's on a heater. 
he is on a heater, and I still think if he, if he's going to be priced at sixty five hundred, play him. This, you take him. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. He's uh, well, and I mean, this course seems to you know seems to fit him almost better than any of the other ones, and he does check the box in scoring. I think Tway's a good play. Uh, Charlie Hoffman at sixty five hundred, I think, is tough to avoid, especially in cash. I might not play him in a GPP, but I mean, I feel feel decent about Charlie. I do think Cam Smith is interesting. Cam is an incredible short game player. He's he's one of the tops on the PJ Tour this season in scrambling, which I, again I think is important. Having just missed the cut at the players and the and and last week um, is interesting. Uh, coming out, you know, he comes off of his win and then misses two cuts in a row. But I like this as a possible bounce back, and maybe he'll go a little under the radar. After that, he's also a scorer, so checks the box and around the green and scoring. Other than that, your dirt cheap plays of the week for me are two Canadians, one being Nick Taylor at 6,300, who I'm sure will be kind of popular um, as he's just been making cuts and playing well. The other one is David Hearn at $6,200. You know, I get teased a lot for not taking David Hearn, which I'm looking at his game log right now, and I should be the one teasing because. For the most part, he sucks. Like, but he'll come out hot, like one or two rounds. He'll just come he, out smoking hot, and people are lighting actually, my phone up. He's got pretty good form here, too. I mean, out of five starts, he's he's only missed one cut, and he's got four top 30s. Yep, two top 25s, four top 30s. Yeah, no, I know. I saw that, and that's what kind of made me go, hmm. And I, don't, I mean, something about the place he likes. So at 6200 the minimum price, I don't, I don't mind it. So that's it for me. That's a lot of guys I know, but it just it it is what it is. Um, maybe come find us in the shot in the arm chat room later on this week, and we will have narrowed it down, or maybe we'll tweet some stuff out. We'll see what happens with tee time waves, weather, all that stuff. But there's a lot of value here, so I think it's all going to come down to. I do think if you're making multiple lineups, you make you know, like let's say you're making 25 lineups. I mean. If your predominant strategy is going to be studs and duds, then I say you make like seven to ten lineups using nothing but like nine to seven K guys. I agree. Yeah, because that's a, a good strategy to use because I think there's going to be a ton of studs and duds this week. Yeah, have some exposure to the to some of those dead ranges in the, in those larger contests. It's tempting. It's it's. It's really tempting to go up there and get you know those those studs when you have all those names in the six k range you can fit, but but yeah, so that's that. That's a wrap. Good show, Pat. Good show. Good to come back. Good to knock one out. This is fun. Well, I'm glad to have you back. I missed you. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I'm excited for the world to hear about Bo- and to see Boom. Boom. And. Uh, it's yeah, gonna be great. It's a good week. Memorial, Jack's yep. place. US hey, did we mention this weeks? is a? Did I mention this is Jack's place? No, you talking about Jack? Uh, um, what's his last name? Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas, the actor or the golfer? The um, the golfer. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Yeah, he's won the Masters six times. Wow, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so this lot. is Jack's place this week. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, that's impressive. Be sure Here to write that down. That's that might answer. Yeah, might win you some trivia at the bar later. It could. It could. All right. Um, well, thanks everybody for staying on track with the Tour Junkies Pod despite Pat Week. Uh, I'm back. And uh, what do you mean despite? Pat Week? <laughs> Anybody who just, took kids last week kidding. is not saying despite Pat Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. All right. Good stuff. Well. Hope you guys have a great week. May your screens be green as always for the memorial at At Jack's place. place. Yes. All right. See ya. Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh, well, uh, honey? Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um, well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call GEICO, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, sunshine. (laughs) GEICO, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. 
Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet. And do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.